Uh, we're recording. Just take it away. All right. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Religion Bites. Uh, I'm Lauren, and I'm here with my co-host. Judah. Hi, Judah. How are you this morning? I'm doing wonderful. Good. Um, I am just some birds chirping behind you. Yeah, we're sitting outside uh, for all those who can't view this on video, but surrounded by beautiful mother nature. Appreciating God's great world. Lovely. Um, Well, welcome to the show. And on today's episode, we are going to be discussing Orthodox Judaism, which is something, Judah, that you are far, far more familiar with than I am. Um, And so we're coming to this. I'm going to be asking some questions after um, probably the most I've learned about it so far is watching Unorthodox on Netflix. I binged the whole season last week. And um, because I really didn't know anything about Orthodox Judaism before, there were, I have a lot of questions. Some are kind of casual about, you know, just the traditions and things like that, but then also, you know, getting into the bigger aspects of feminism and women's roles. Um, and you have not seen the show, correct? I, I have not, but I'm uh, I'm really excited to hear your perspective on it. Um, just from like a meta standpoint, it's really interesting uh, to have all these Netflix shows that have come out recently over the past few years about Orthodox Judaism and just making it uh, known to a, a wider a wider audience. Um, I, because growing up in the community, you and then leaving it it's it's you have this like dichotomy in your mind it's you either assume people know the world as you viewed it Mm -hmm. or you realize it was a completely different world that most people can't relate to um and it's uh, um well i could you talk i talk about it more but there's definitely and i i've i've noticed the theme is like, I think a lot of people, and I've certainly experienced myself, like you feel this shame uh, after leaving of like, you know, having lived such a ridiculous life. Um, And it can be, you either like don't wanna talk about it at all, or you do wanna share it. And uh, I think it's, 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 it's always a question of how are, how do people see it? Like, you know, how do outsiders or people who haven't experienced see it, but I'm really fascinated to, to, uh, to have a discussion with, particularly with someone intelligent and like, uh, understanding about religion and kind of see a perspective on it and find out about the show because I haven't watched yet. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So I'm going to give a really short synopsis. The, yeah. the main character is a girl named Esty, Esther, and it starts with her um, kind of flashing back to her childhood growing up in the Orthodox community. And then it goes through her story of, you know, being newly married and having some intimacy and like basically not being able to get pregnant in the first year of marriage, which, um, we've talked a little bit about how um, in the Orthodox community that, you know, having babies is pretty. Yeah. A, a woman who can't have kids basically is, feels like a failed. Right. Person. Yes. And um, this takes thought this, of as such. Yeah. 
Right. And, and, and that seems pretty clear. And so there was quite a dynamic with the mother-in-law that's presented in the show, obviously, and her expectations and feelings of, um, um, you know, kind of con- like the way she is sort of manipulating the relationship and things like that. And all the members of the family, really. Um, but then Esty, so she gets out. She leaves. Her mother had already left and moved to Germany. So I'm, I'm, this is obviously spoilers if you haven't seen this show. Oh, yeah. Spoiler alert. <laughs> spoiler alert. But no, um, this, so is, she, this is really <laughs> fascinating to listen to. I've enjoyed yeah, so doing she, a great synopsis. So she goes to Germany and um, basically one of the most, I, I would say the most iconic image of the first episode or two is she ends up going to the beach with a group of friends that she meets and she takes off a couple of layers. There's, she has a very modest dress. And she gets down, I think, to like a long sleeve turtleneck and her long skirt. She takes off her pantyhose and and then she gets into the water and she takes her her wig off, which mm-hmm. I understand is a big that's oh, a yeah. symbol, yeah. symbol of her faith. Um, and then she I mean, to me, it was a baptism of sorts. She uh, submerses herself in the water and comes out. And then this begins her journey. Of- I, just, I just realized you're talking about the unorthodox. This is what premiered on Netflix like a couple of years ago. Correct. OK, because yes. they just came out with another thing called My Unorthodox Life. Oh, is, well, then I've got more homework. Which, which and we'll is supposed have a to be like a, 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 a Jewish version of the Kardashians type of thing. Of a woman oh, no. Who left, who, no, but who <laughs> left. And it looks like out of this world. But oh man! Well, then we've got a two-part episode. That will be my. I'm actually episode. even more excited because this show that you watched—I think it was a movie, more right? It's a mini series. It's a mini series. Like that was actually episodes. well done. Like this was really high-quality art, um, and I yes. think would give you a better understanding than this Kardashian-esque. <laughs> I've come to understand. Yes, well, okay, sure cool. There's, there's a time, but no, it, this is telling a story. It's based off of a memoir from yeah. a woman who actually left the, the community. Yeah. And so, um, so she escapes and she's basically trying to find her way in a world. And it very, it speaks very much to the, um, to the, the obstacles that she faces are because she doesn't have an education. Yeah. She doesn't have any sense of like um, worldliness to help her, you know, to, to, um, I don't know, navigate the world around her outside of the community, but she does it pretty darn well, actually. Um, but the last part being that the only sort of skill that she was able to develop was um, playing piano because she secretly took piano lessons, which I found really compelling because um, she, you know, she, she shared that the reason is because women aren't allowed to perform in front of men. Yeah any any sort of performance would be considered boastful or um immodest yeah um so that this really speaks i i think to women's roles and um you know the misogyny and aspects like that that i have some questions about just because um that to me is very fundamentally different from any of the um christian you know the the more staunch Christian traditions because girls are at least encouraged to um, have a certain skill level to kind of present themselves to the world, like playing piano, like singing, yeah. um, you know, things like that. So you're that's supposed a, to be like a proper woman, right? Right. And part uh, of that is yeah. how you are displayed to others for right. your, you know, for like your, like the, the um, idea of debutante and, and correct. Like yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, um, can you talk a little bit more about that? Like, 
beyond, you know, being able to play piano because it's too vulgar or something yeah. like what, what are some examples that you can give of um, situations like that, that's that to somebody that hasn't been a part of that community, I find, I found that quite, um, I don't know, surprising, I guess. Well, um, are you asking specific, like, are you asking specifically related to, to women? Yes. Okay, cool. Cause no, I, I'm, I, I'm, I'm, I think most excited about how you can, how, the understanding uh, that you Lauren will get of uh, how really horribly women are mistreated from a show like that. Yeah. And I'm, I'm going to say uh, that they're Hasidic, which is kind of within ultra Orthodox. There's no like fine lines for any of this, but like ha the Hasidim or Hasidim is are, are a little bit more stringent on certain things. Like mm -hmm. uh, they shave. It's really not much, but like the women, I think she shaved her head, Esty, in right. the show. Mm -hmm. um, so the Hasidim are, are famous for, for doing that, that the women shave their head. Um, in just plain uh, ultra-Orthodox communities, the women uh, have to wear, have their head covered at all times after marriage, but they wear a shaitel, like the, which is a wig, um, like I think Esty had, but they have really nice ones. I could do, I could spend two hours talking just about um, these wigs, but um, what you'll find in the uh, just Orthodox and particularly the wealthier ones, like these women, the, their, their wigs are like absolutely gorgeous hair. Um, mm -hmm. So they'll spend like 5,000 more dollars on, on a wig um, and they'll get multiple of them. Um, mm -hmm. And, and it's like, the truth is, I, now that I'm out and thinking it from thinking about it from a uh, secular perspective, it's actually kind of nice because like they're forced to cover everything up, but they're able to, you know, like express their beauty. Um, but one, it's it's kind of ridiculous and hypocritical because the idea is like that it's allowed by the male rabbis is like the the idea is to cover their hair for you know to 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 be sneers or modest. And instead they have this like absolutely gorgeous, you know, extra, oftentimes extra. real hair. Yeah. But they yes. have this wig. Um, it's also like, like many of the things it becomes this like ultra consumerist uh, drive and motivation. So like women feel pressured to have like these absolutely beautiful multi-thousand dollar wigs, even though, you know, they're dirt poor as many of the families are. Um, so right. yeah, she also has some quite elaborate jewelry that seems kind of mm -hmm. um, that that I that I thought was you know probably related to that because the men's hats also oh, yeah. are the same kind of thing, right? You said that those are also can be like multi thousand dollars. Yeah, and it becomes um, like the central part of the religion, um, whereas like there's there's no there's no like. Uh, real um a basis for for most of these things like the hat and again that's something that that only hasidim do they wear these stupid furry hats um <laughs> and it's 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 also pretty horrible i'm going to talk about this from a uh a, just a vegetarian animal rights perspective is like they're made from sable or fox like this and these are these industries like if you look into it are some like the ho most horrible cruel cruel mm -hmm. exploiters of, of of animals uh mm -hmm. out there Mm -hmm. And um, 
there's even a country, one of the European countries is banning like mink farms or sable farms, but they have a, um, or imports or exports, but they're making an exception, of course, for the Hasidic Jews, because if they don't have these hats, then it's, you know, anti-Semitism if you ban them from doing that, even though there's nothing mm-hmm. to do with religion. Um, yes. And I've, I've, yeah. I've heard of something similar in the Amish or uh, I believe it's the Amish tradition that they're like, that they have a lot of puppy mills. <laughs> oh, I'm not <laughs> That's like surprised. something that like they uh, use as a big industry and they get a lot of pushback for their mistreatment of animals. So, so that's, um, that's interesting coming from like a deeply religious, you know, kind of, you know, touching on the, how we treat mother nature and mother nature's creatures that, Oh yeah. You know, if that becomes part of the tradition of mistreatment. Um, if- Very much so. And like, it's literally the, one of the first things in the Bible talks about how, you know, God gave Adam dominion over the animals. Correct. Right? Right. And there's a very As real if reason. That's justification to cause harm. Yeah. There's a very real reason for, you know, having that at the beginning of your founding story. It tells you that you are the superior creature on earth mm-hmm. and that you can do whatever you want. There's to the animals, you know, and there's an wow. idea of, of like what's called uh, tsar bale chayim, which means like not to be cruel to living creatures. But there's like so many of the traditions are incredibly cruel mm. and they're like important parts mm. to animals. Yeah. Interesting. Like there's a thing at the beginning, like you have to, to, to rid yourself of sins. You take a live chicken and you grab it by its legs and swing it over your head. No kidding. Oh. It's like real occultish stuff. And then you huh. slaughter, and then they slaughter the chicken, and that's like your sins are passed on to the chicken, and the chickens slaughter. Okay, is this like a is this like a sacrifice or atonement? What is the? It's like- essentially like a modern day version without a temple of of like having a sacrifice. Okay, like, you know for your sins. Interesting. Yeah. Um, well, so kind of in that, as we're kind of going through the cultural norms, the other thing that I noticed is the lack but I, of- I think I went off topic a little bit. I wanted, if you wanted to focus more on the specifically related to women, because I think SD. Oh, we'll get, we'll get back there for sure. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, but one of the other things that I found compelling is like the no idols and no artwork and everything all yeah. of their home, you know, that that's, that that's something that I noticed in the show, because that was certainly part of my tradition growing up in the Southern Baptist community is like, you walk into a church, you go anywhere. And like, there's not, there's no like, um, real, you know, I don't know, elaborate displays of faith. Um, it's all, is that, is that the Catholics that do that with all the beautiful statues and windows? (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Which is actually and the saints and the, yeah, all of that. You don't even, the, 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 uh, Protestants don't even do like stained glass windows and stuff. Um, some do. Baptists do not. Um, oh. or, the, or the 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 churches that I went to, no, that would be more like um, I went to a Methodist uh, yeah. church in high school, and they they had some stained glass, but that was mostly it. Um, the Episcopal tradition actually has more. Yeah. Um, they have they have more of the tradition, more of the symbolism. Um, it's quite like more of the ritual of, of, of Catholic. That's like the most, to me, that's the most beautiful part of Christianity. Absolutely. We went to Rome and visited the the Vatican and you do the the cathedral there. Um, And it's like, I mean, it's just awe-inspiring. It is, it is. (laughs) But you have to wonder about how they got the resources in order to build such, do such things. So, 
it all, it all, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's really um, just a display of wealth, you know, and power. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, okay. So back to the, so back to SD's story. So yeah. she, it seems like her uh, marriage was pretty well arranged um, that it was sort of an understanding between two families that thought that, you know, like they're like, well, this could probably be a good match for us. And then she's invited to like go to the grocery store and walk around and her mother-in-law is like, uh, like allowed to see her without yeah. her knowing that she's being seen, which was a weird scene, which was a weird scene. Can you tell? Was, it, was this her date? That? She was going to the, the they went she to wasn't the even, she wasn't even um, like meeting her, her future spouse. It was just yeah. the mother-in-law and I guess, and oh, okay. Her, um, so they just like watched her walk around the grocery store and she was just sort of on display to them so that they could see like what she looked like and see if they approved of her. Yeah. So this is one area where I think she's Satmar, right? Is that the specific Hasidic sect? I think she was. So there, they are like even Orthodox Jews would say Hasidim in general are like really fucking nuts about certain things. And mm. I think in the marriage, marriage is, is one example. And I hate doing this because it like diminishes from like, it's like, oh, it's the Hasidim that are really nuts. But this is normal. I'm like, no. What Orthodox, I want to make that clear. Nothing Orthodox do, Jew, Jews do, of even like the modern Orthodox, is normal. It's all horribly evil, <laughs> medieval. It's, well, it's the, yeah. But okay, let so me tell so, us about your personal experience. It, what, yeah. what would a, a marriage arrangement look like so in it's the community really, that you grew up in? It's really not much, it's not much better. And this is what, by the way, what was like for me, the, like got me to leave because I was like, there's no way I'm going through with this. Okay. Um, but the way the way it works is is you have what's called a shadchan, and this is a, a matchmaker. Again, every you can explain all of Judaism through uh, Fiddler on the Roof, and you know it starts out matchmaker, yes. matchmaker, making mm -hmm. a match. So it's 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 these it's always these like old hags in the community that, and it's not a nice word, but this applies per perfectly to these types of women. And well, they've been put in this situation. That's something that, you know, being a uh, matchmaker yeah. is quite, is one of probably the few, like, yes. empowering things would, <laughs> a woman can do in that community. No, so you, it's like, you her... actually have a really good point. Yeah. Um, and, and I appreciate, I, I like, I like and that. I love, I like that and person. I love the term hag. I, I feel like that's a term to reclaim, but I. <laughs> I like it. I like it. I, I appreciate, I appreciate your pushback on that. And I was actually thinking about this the other day. Cause I wanted, I wanted to, uh, to talk about it at some point. And I was like, at the same time, like I really respect the hustle because, mm -hmm. and it's truly a hustle. And like the women who I remember who did it were also the ones who like, they did all these, like they had camps or like they're the types of women who would be like in, probably in the non-Jewish world would be like, you know, realtors and like, yeah. and they have yeah. a good head. That's for some of it, the young ones. I will say there's, there's, there's a number of them that are really, um, real bitches manipulative like, because yes, it's okay, you course. have to remember um there are um it's an incredibly powerful position it's right okay here's a good the best way to explain it is they're like the hr this is massive mm -hmm. bug just they're like the hr of the jewish dating world and right. everyone knows people in hr are assholes um but they get the job done no really pretty poorly <laughs> <laughs> well then let's talk about that so you said okay. you left because you weren't going to participate in that tradition so, so, so that's the way what it would works, have been required of you yeah so the way it works in modern day 
is you create you you have to create a resume it works with re it's truly hr i'm like I'm not kidding you create a resume of like who you are like your 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 family heritage uh where you're uh you know where you grew up uh the schools that you went to starting from like kinder you know primary um and you know what your parent your, what your parents do where your father learned or studied um um and then and all and of this would be used to determine your um, your level of standing with quality with, within yeah, the yeah. community because it's okay. very it's very stratified um and it's never it's not official and it's never talked about but it's very it's very obvious and um you know at the top of society are like the 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 children of rabbis and the children of wealthy people they're they're rabbis are kind of higher but wealthy they're about they're about equal because rabbis need wealthy people um so they marry each other all their children <laughs> marry each other all the time okay you know the elites of the society um, okay so you're yeah go ahead Ah, dang it. So you broke up a little bit, but you were saying that the rabbi's families had uh, have a little bit more authority over just the general wealthy. Yeah, but my point okay. is more for the I'm going to move closer to the Wi-Fi. My point is more relative to marriage is that like wealth, like the children of rabbis and wealthy people, like they'll marry each other, but they're not okay. going to marry um, someone who's either, you know, not the son of a and it's not it's not just the rabbis it's like you everyone traces back their lineage so like you know you can you, you like like they'll they'll know their lineage back multiple generations multiple generations like back to the to the 1700s is it frozen ah dang it no <laughs> you're back hello oh fuck <laughs> how, how much did we lose uh well we didn't hear any of that <laughs> damn it well i'm close okay. to the wi-fi now i i don't i this i i feel like such a terrible co-host for not getting oh my, my goodness this is this is part of the age this is part okay, of the age cool. i'm technical not difference. editing any of this shit we're just posting it this is <laughs> this is uh um religion bites raw you <laughs> there you go okay um we talk so... raw and our audio sometimes is raw Okay, so I really want to hear about okay, your, I'm gonna, I, I'm gonna your personal down. experience. Good. Okay. So I, I'll, give me, I'll, I give me get a little two personal. minutes. Give yeah. me two minutes about what your personal experience was, as far as like, um, so is this chosen? Was this chosen for you as a child, or, or as a part? You know, like, would a partner be chosen for you early on in your life, and then kind of promised to you later, or no? You know, generally not. That's only amongst the real elites. It's okay. when you're um, when you're in your late teens, usually nowadays early twenties, is like you you create you know you you you're supposed to start dating. Your rabbi is going to tell you to start dating, and um, you you have to like create a resume, right? <laughs> and uh, you know everything about you, and it's just like applying to a school or applying for a job. Um, and then you submit it to like the different local uh, matchmakers. Okay. And then they, uh, they will, you know, decide however they, they do, you know, like this is a good girl. I can talk about it from the male perspective, you know, for you, like kind of has the same ideas, uh, you know, of like, you know, the level of um, 
you know, orthodoxy and, you know, if you want to continue studying and all that crap. Um, and, uh, and then you're, you set up on a date and the dates is like, they're big into uh, hotel lobbies. Um, so, cause it's a public area and it's free, you know, which is, <laughs> which is very important in, in Judaism, but you sometimes go on, uh, you know, <clears throat> on, uh, on just like out, out to dinner, but it's this, it's a very, and I, and I, and I did it for, for, for like a year, um, and various levels of, of, uh, you know, uh, quality of, of the experience, but it's like, um, I mean, you can't, you're, you're never going to get to know someone mm -hmm. through this formal rigid process. And you're taught to think about marriage from such an immature perspective of like what you truly want in a woman and vice versa, what, you know, what, what the woman wants in the man. And uh, it's truly, it's a, I will say it's a terrifying experience. Mm -hmm. Because um, uh, I think even if, you know, it's, you're someone who's very comfortable in the society, <clears throat> it's like, um, one, you don't have, you haven't, you probably haven't spoken to girls since you were 10. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and I was a little different because I'd been in, you know, normal uh, society until, until like 18 then gone back but still like you don't have contact and i and i was a little different but you don't have contact with women so like um and you can't i, I don't know you can't have any like honest conversations like you're all mm -hmm. you're put you're putting on a show for the other person um and you generally don't even make your own decisions. Like you speak with your rabbi after the date and decide how it goes. And like, you have mm -hmm. doubts. They're like, no, no, you know, so they'll be like, no, no, it's good for you. And like, you got to have faith. I know it'll turn out, turn mm -hmm. out well. Um, um, and you just, you feel this constant pressure to, uh, to perform. And um, you're, it's oftentimes just really awkward social situation. Yeah. As it so, would be for any teenager anyway, but all of these aspects yeah. seem more. But you're, but like you, you're, the idea is like you're doing, you're at most going like 10 dates and that's like for like the liberal ones and you're, then you're getting engaged and getting married. Yeah. That and is pretty liberal though. I feel like having kids. What? I don't know. That does seem pretty liberal for yeah. some, for some traditions that just sort of, I don't know, like you know, um, another, another Netflix show that I got really into is Indian matchmaking, which has some similarities. And I've heard oh, they're, also, yeah, I've, they're, they're probably more like the Hasidim. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, I saw a lot of similarities and I also understand that that's a very fringe market because you or, you know, area, because you know, they're basically judging the women off of how tall they are and how like their skin is and things like that. So, you know, it's all sort of that, um, like prescribed perfect bride. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's definitely what this show is about. And, um, and they touch on that. So you were, you were talking about having not been around women for, um, I just want to address that real quickly. Um, talking about like putting on a, a, a like a beauty pageant, like, yeah. um, you're at the end of the day, you're supposed to include, you, you have to include a picture in your resume that you send. Right. And, uh, certainly from the guy's perspective, like we're, most of the time judging the, the girl just by that, just by that picture. Uh, right. Let's be real. 
and um and it's it's you know it's the other way but not as much because most like jewish young unmarried jewish kids look like shit because they're not taught to <laughs> you know taking care of yourself is is not great and sitting inside all day learning is gen you don't you're not going to have a healthy healthy skin or body <laughs> uh, you know there's like the old stereotypes are are true to some extent um but it's horrible I've never heard I'm, that one but <laughs> uh, but uh um it's I, like I, I can't I can't directly relate, but I've I've read it and I've I've heard it um, what it what it must be like to to be a, a a woman in that society. And like you with on top of everything else, like you're essentially your picture is sent. I mean, I guess it's like Tinder. <laughs> the rest it's of the great. world caught the rest of the world really caught up. Right. <laughs> yeah, they really. I'm, I'm, drone, back I'm droning it. on. So sorry. <laughs> Um, so you were talking about how you get in these situations having not had access yeah. or, you know, communicating with women for a long time before that. One of the yeah. other things that they represented in the show was at the wedding, they had the veil between the woman's side and the man's side. Yeah. And so for most of the wedding, I guess, before the actual, you know, joining ceremony, the women and the men didn't even really see each other. They had to celebrate in separate spaces. Would that have been something that you would have experienced? Oh, yeah, very much um everything everything is is separated and it's you know i i say this almost like from a i i realize it's like a defensive standpoint because like that's one of the most embarrassing things uh it, is that like your um you know living living in that society is like your your the lack of 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 uh you know intergender uh contact that you have and um i essentially experienced had to go through that twice because I left, we left originally when I was 10. And then like from 10 to 18, I was in, I went, I, I went from that environment as a 10 year old to like, uh, like middle America public school. Mm. Um, and, uh, um, and then like I spent eight years kind of learning how the world works and, you know, how to communicate, um, and it was specifically like how to how to you know communicate with girls and how to how to have a relationship. And then you kind of go and you you go you know drawn back into into the religious world and you in some ways lose contact. I was lucky because like most of the time where I was was a um, it was slightly again there's so many different strata, but it was slightly less religious and like there were a lot of people there who didn't grow up religious. So like. I was friends with my, like, with my friends' wives. So I'd, I'd be able to, like, have taught, you know, nothing more than that. But, but um, uh, you know, I was able to interact regularly, um, right. you know, and I think that was, that was a relief. But, like, when it came to the dating, um, it really started, uh, I think that fucked with my head more. Because, like, the truth is, like, uh, <laughs> Partially for me. Did, did you I, go through a phase of thinking women needed to be modest? Um, this is that's kind I of loaded. I don't think I ever but, bought in. I don't think I yeah. ever really bought into that. Um, I try and be honest with myself, like you know, because I want you know, it's it's you're tempted to say, oh, I always knew that was bullshit, um, and some of the stuff I bought into, but I I I don't know. I always there was always a large part of me is like because I I only ended up there because like I was basically like I was homeless and it was like. I'm on my own or I can reach out to my father and I reach okay. out to my father and he's like, 
yeah, come on in. And, you know, and then, you know, it's like, oh, I missed you. And then, oh, hey, this look at this beautiful little, you know, it's, it's, they're all just trying to, to, to convert you. Mm-hmm. Um, um, that's what like, you know, so you, being so, nice so you had an encounter of being kind of the prodigal son of returning home. Yeah. And- oh, it was very much like that, you know, and they make okay. you feel good about it. Like, oh, you've, you know, you're even more special. You rediscovered, you know, and you came back and look at this beautiful and we're all so nice and we all take care of each other. And, you know, look how great our society is. Um, anyway, um, like you, 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 you're, you, you're, you don't, no one's having sex. No one's having like casual sex um, in anyone, you know, in a moderate level of, of, of orthodoxy. So it's like, you know, you're going years without even talking to a girl and like, you know, everyone in, everyone in yeshiva is like furiously masturbating all the time, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and like everyone, everyone knows it. and you're in like dorm rooms, you know? So, but, but like, let's be honest, everyone, like, you know, it's impossible. It's like not physiologically possible to, to you cause you're, the, you're, you're, well, of course you're a teenager. Really, that's, that's yeah, literally everybody on the planet. Who are we kidding? You're, and you're, you're, um, you're supposed you're taught that you're supposed to live this life this pure life um where you're not supposed to ejaculate like yeah ejaculation is is the devil and it's evil and it's spirits yeah i gotta go and (laughs) i will say i'm thankful for that too because like i think i skipped skipping the high school years i didn't get like that that indoctrination Mm -hmm. and i was also just smart enough and like I i i was well read and oh, I think some of the smarter rabbis like don't harp on that shit too much because I, I truly feel, so this is like, I, I, I feel I'm very passionate about uh, the benefits of, of masturbation. I think it's very important because, and it's, not, it's like a joke, it's fun to joke about too, but um, it's like, it really fucks up. I, I can talk about this from a boy's perspective, but like if you tell a young boy that like, uh, masturbation is bad. Like you really fuck, fuck them up. Yeah, and- that can absolutely, absolutely. And, and that's, we've talked about, uh, you know, again, the Duggars I've, yeah. I've been reading like Reddit forums and they said that when Josh <laughs> yeah. for when the oldest son who got in trouble for, you know, molesting his sisters, um, that he, his punishment was like, um, having his hands bound and having to do like manual labor and having yeah. to shave his head and like all of this very shameful stuff, which I just, I, I can't help but wonder, like if you had just let that ma- boy masturbate without shame, I swear, then like, would he have felt compelled to like take it out on the women in his life or the girls in his life? And then the women and, you know, every woman out there are, and children, because he was damaged by being shamed for something that that is so natural and as you said also like like a health benefit this is something that is important to people's well-being especially in the world we live in yeah that has everybody so anxious you know like that's self-soothing and that's important for everybody i love it so i'm I'm very i'm very um i'm very sex positive um which i i think I think our our country lacks in general, but like you, be, I think growing up religious, particularly in, in I could I could speak for like an Orthodox Jewish community. It's like it's just it's so sex negative. It's really oh, the yeah. best way to describe. Oh yeah, it. and so it, so yeah. is the the entire Christian church, as far as I know it, is is yeah. very like sex ne- negative. And I mean to the point that obviously women are kind of seen as not you know like 
they shouldn't have any sexual desire at all. Of course, you know, this is this like, that shouldn't even pass through the thought shouldn't pass through you. Um, so, uh, what that, I I mean, again, I can, I know it's the same for the, for the women, but like you, you, there's this horrible guilt, like you're like sexual desire is, is, is like evil. Yeah. (sighs) That shit, honestly, like the sexual stuff is what pisses me off more than anything. I think that it's, I think that that's fair. Cause I think it's one of the most fundamental, like, like you're talking about just a, just having a foundation of wellness of mind yeah. of something that's so, um, that, that, uh, affects people's emotions so yes. greatly and their desires and their impulses and their, um, you know, like it's something that was due to be taught to us in childhood so yes. that we could manage as an adult. And if you, if it's all suppressed, then you're not learning any sort of coping mechanisms for any of it. Yep. And then you end just, you just end up, you know, not making safe choices, not mm-hmm. making, um, you know, informed choices and things like that. And also like you're, like we've talked about feeling a lot more guilt than enjoying the pleasure of it, which can also be done safely and consciously. And, you know, like that's, that's not shameful either, but yeah, yeah. that was, cer- I mean, like just to say that as a woman, I feel my heart rate going up because I'm like, Oh my gosh, there are so many women that I know that would be yeah. like, oh, I can't believe she's talking about this. I can't believe that she's like implying that she has pleasure, you know, <laughs> like yeah. how yeah. dare she, um, or, you know, shame or whatever. Yeah. So no, it, it, that, yeah, that's that, a big one. And it, that makes me mad. It just makes me really mad. I know. <laughs> all the fun we could have had no, we, were still having, we were still having fun they just yeah. we just had to lie about it <laughs> but it's just it's so evil like you know to to know. to yeah um it's like you can't even have because you can't even enjoy anything you know because you have because right. there's this huge, just huge blanket of of guilt um, so then let's talk about getting into a marriage with somebody and neither of this of us have had this experience so that probably will be hard for us to imagine of yeah having all of this repression all of this shame all of this expectation of immediately starting a family and then you marry this person that you hardly know yeah and you're expected to just have you know be intimate all of a sudden and she has um there's like another young woman who comes to her and kind of teaches her the ways of marriage yeah um, yeah, and she seems so caught. Co- she's actually one of my favorite characters in the show. Like that's the oh, only cool. time you see her, but she's just like matter of fact. And she's yeah. like, this is what you do. And this is how it works. And she's lovely. So that's another job that I'm like, I could, I could, I could do this if I had her job just going around being like, Hey, this is, I'm going to tell I, you. I, 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 I have to you. read about that. Cause <laughs> I, she either, she either was very lucky and met, you know, a, a, this, this marriage teacher who was, uh-huh. who was actually had some humanity in her or that's fictionalized because a good portion of that show is, but I will tell you that is not, I I didn't, I never got that far uh, in, in dating. Thank God. But (laughs) um, I, um, and you said that was a contributing factor of you leaving. It was based. I, I, well, I was like, I was doing, going on these dates and like, these were women. I was like, I was being pressured a lot, like go, go, you know, even if I didn't feel, feel like this was worth it. And like I, there's this expectation of like, you're supposed to go on a few dates and then like get engaged and get married. And I'm like, there's no way I'm going to do this. Like my parents had had, you know, went through a horrible divorce when I was 10 and they had been religious and they had both been like less religious, becoming religious. Um, and, and like, 
I knew myself, I was like, I am not mature enough to, to, to do this. And I don't want to, I don't want to be stuck. This is like, they push it so much because once you have children, mm-hmm. you're stuck. Right. And like, I knew I, my, you know, I had at least known that and seen it. Like it was incredibly hard for my mom who, you know, when she was 40, ended up leaving the community and taking me with, with, with her as a kid, um, how difficult it is. Cause like, that's how they, control you and even in the courts um most secular courts in america will favor the child stays with the religious parent at least in in, with the with the jews um because it's better for the kids mental health that's how they grew up Mm. um so most a lot of people who leave if you have leave when you have kids you oftentimes uh, even if even if you're the woman leaving you will lose the kids you'll lose custody Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's what happened uh, in, in, on the show. That's yeah, how her mother lost. Very, her. very, very common. And I just knew that enough. And like, you know, I was, I was worldly. I'm like, I'm, I just, I'm not doing this. And I was just like, I mean, I'm terrified. I was always terrified of commitment. And yeah. thankfully, <laughs> you know, um, and I'm like, I'm, I, I'm not, I'm like, I'm like, I'm having doubts. This is not how I see myself. And that led me, I was like, you know, I, I, argue, I, I like argue with my rabbi once and like I do that and it was all it was all over. And I was like, OK, this is ridiculous bullshit. Yeah, you obviously don't care about me. Um, you obviously don't know what you're talking about. Um, and, you know, for my father, you know, to, to say for, to hear me say that about his uh, beloved, holy uh, rabbi is like is blasphemy. And, you know and everything just just fell apart from there mm. and uh I, you know i was being pushed and i'm like fuck this the only reason i i was here is because like i i had nowhere to go you know and you welcomed me and i'm like okay maybe there's something to this so but that but that's mm-hmm. it all it all it, it's it, it, you know and this happens quite quite often because like i mean that's like that's like the deciding time you're like do I really want to do this? And like, the truth is I had had doubts for a long time. Um, you know, is, the, do I really want to do this? You know, I know so much more about the world and I see most of these people are idiots. Um, is this how I want to live? And it's just like, you know, that's where uh, you got to really make a decision. And I was like, this is not what I want. I'm out. Mm-hmm. But it's a lot, it was a lot, I think it's a lot easier for me than, than, than other people. Probably like, I like, I knew I had survived in the outside world before. Right. Um, and, but so where who, would you be today if you had stayed in the community? Uh, I probably, I would have shot myself. <laughs> I, I say that as a joke, but the truth is, I, 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 know. I, I think I would. I know. I, 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 um, I, I, I think suicide is a very serious thing, but I, I think, it's and I and I say that you know seriously, but I I don't know. I like that. I think there's there's relevant. If you respect it, there's some there's there's a benefit to the humor. And I I think I really would have because I would have been trapped, you know. And I and I know I know myself. I like my my inner me is is the same. Um, is was the same, you know, and um, which I guess speaks to the severity of what divorce must mean. You, you, there's no way out once you're married and like, I guess is yeah, kind of what it sounds there's, like. I mean, very few are, if you're getting divorced, there's, there's like, there's usually, there's a good chance one of, one of the, one of the 
couple people. is leaving is going to end up leaving the religion right um because jews don't get divorced <laughs> from okay. you know from orthodox jews don't don't get divorced it's like um and that's one of their draws they're like look at our beautiful community like the sec you know american society's falling apart 50 percent divorce rate look you know come come join us if you're jewish we have no, almost no one gets divorced. Isn't that amazing? We have beautiful, and it's just like the 1950s. There was yeah. very few divorces in the yeah. 1950s because women were were freaking, you know, just yeah. beaten and expected yeah. to, to take it. Well, and there was nothing and they could the, do. Well, until the 70s, they, you know, yeah. they could very easily have their children taken from them. I yeah. think until the 90s, it was still fairly easy. But um, yeah, you know, for, for your husband to, have your children as his property. Like you're not going to leave if you can't take your babies with you. That's going, that's going to keep divorce rates real low. Yeah. Um, and keep a lot of women obviously deeply, deeply suppressed. So, yeah, I would um, love there's, I, I, I can't remember the podcast, but I'm going to find it, send you a couple episodes. And I think they would be these, these two girls, one girl in particular, I think is the main host, uh, would be hella fun to, uh, to have on and they grew up um in an or, orthodox jewish community and kind of like that it's very it's cool fun casual podcast like us we're cool fun and casual you know <laughs> um and um but they talk about it from a, a female perspective and i i absolutely they're really really smart um and i i'd absolutely would love to hear it so i'm gonna find that and send it over to you okay That's but awesome. um I don't know. It's, it's, it's similar between with men and boys, but there's, all, there's also this, a, a very unique trauma for men. Not, not, to, uh, not to say it's, it's more, more severe or worse, but it's like, I don't know. I, Just as I, valid. Yes, yeah. it's traumatizing to y'all too. So um, tell me about it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, yeah. I think you'll, you'll find with a lot of people who leave, um, that there's a desire, whether it's anonymously or publicly, like to share um, your experience. Cause it's, uh, the truth is like, it's so, a lot of it is so unbelievable, mm -hmm. you know? Um, and so ridiculous. And like, you feel, you, you, you're like, there's, there's like this communal gaslighting, you know, yeah. like the gaslights of like, yeah. you, no one like acknowledges how horrible everything is you know mm -hmm. within the community and then like you get out and like no one really knows no one can can understand what what it was like you yeah. know to be able to to relate to it um and uh you'll find i don't i don't know if sd does it but like you'll find a lot of a lot of uh like ex ex jews i think is you know what we call ourselves these days is like they'll group together and like you know they'll sometimes there's communities or groups um, just because like, it's, um, it's hard to relate. You can't relate to where you grew up in the Orthodox and you can't relate to really the, the bigger world. Um, yeah, well in the, sh yeah. so again, going back to the show, because this is my first kind of experience and we're yeah. kind of getting through the basics. Or again, at least thank what you, thank you so much for, for watching it. I'm like, yeah, it's, what, it's so cool. What made it to TV. Um, and this particular um, in like example, the, her husband was very, 
um, relatable and sweet. And he was just, I mean, you could tell he's just a child, you know, he sort of, he sort of seemed coddled by his mother yeah. um, because he was a king. They, they talk a lot about like your husband should feel like a king. Yeah. Um, the and, men in general are like, yeah. I mean, same with sons, like you're, yeah. you're taught, like you're, you're supposed to be amazing and all that. Right. Yeah. And, but he was, he was very kind and he goes looking for her and, and the, and the last episode again, spoiler, <laughs> um, yeah. is, you know, him kind of begging to keep her Yeah. and, um, he cuts his, he, he cuts his curls yeah. that he has in the front, which I would assume is uh, like, you, you so that's, that. so that's the other, they're called payout. This is just an interesting side, side yes. note. Um, that's another thing like only the Hasidim really do is they have the right. really long ones. But gener generally what Orthodox do is like, they'll, it'll be like this long and you kind of put it behind your ear. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, it's a very freeing thing to just, you're, or like even, you know, if like you're less religious, then I guess you can, most people can't see this on camera. Um, but you'll just like, you just don't, sh you can only shave up until here. And you have to use yeah. an electric razor, by the way. You can't use a straight uh, uh like a uh, gillette razor which really? by the way is one of the greatest joys a man can experience like better yeah. than sex it's just shaving with like a real razor uh, <laughs> as opposed because you have to use these electric ones there's there's so many stupid like little things what like a like a Neralco. yeah yeah oh okay, okay. but but uh, uh, an interesting side point one of the big uh, big hullabaloos these days uh in Orthodox Judaism is like, do you have to make a, a, a Norelco razor kosher? Because there's, <laughs> you understand, like, like just on shaving, there's just like, there's like thousands of pages of like, that have been written about the laws of how a man can shave. Um, so do Norelco razors, are they like so close essentially, or have a certain mechanism in, in it that is considered just like, it's, as, it's the same as having a blade directly on your skin. Uh -huh. So you have to cut it apart. <laughs> but the, I, wow. you know what I think that was the first thing I did when I was like decided I'm 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 leaving in my early 20s I actually I went out it wasn't like going and getting McDonald's or getting a, a hooker it was I went out <laughs> I bought I bought a razor because I had shaved when I was a teenager and I loved it and I missed yeah. it and I went out and bought a razor and I gave myself like a real shave and it, felt yeah. so good. it just came back to me now that now that you and you still have a very freshly clean shaven yes. face all yes. these years later yes. yeah i haven't I, I didn't have to shave since um but um well that's kind of the, the that's kind of the climax of the show i mean that's really like him you know um his act of rebellion because i would assume you're never supposed to cut them you know yeah that's like, pretty that's pretty legit yeah um especially with hasidim who leave because they mm -hmm. have these very prominent, you know, front curls yeah. um, or side curls, but they have them in the front of the air. Cutting that off is like a big, but that could just mean he's becoming just regular ultra orthodox. I'm not well, sure. in this in this case, he was just trying to win her back. He was yeah. doing it as like a show of love for her. So it was really sweet. And you definitely felt for him too, just because he obviously, you know, as um, you know, men are, just as deeply affected by the yeah. patriarchy and in that you have to like you were talking about the gaslighting that everybody's sort of living in this you know masked haze of trying trying to portray the perfect masculine yeah you know you know king 
yeah. with, yeah. with when, of course, men are going to feel insecure. Of course, men are not going to know everything and shouldn't be expected to know everything all the time and be this like, you know, like not have counsel with your partner and things like yeah. that. You know, like I feel like there's a big loss of communication there. Um, so, you know, I, I guess, I guess I'm just speaking to that. I understand, um, you know, that had you been married and then chose to leave or, you know, you choosing to leave beforehand that like, there was certainly a great amount of shame and and fear and just, just disappointing the, you know, the, the father figure or, you know, the church itself or your community and not living up to that expectation of what is required of you as a male too, you know? And and I think that that, I think that that um, flows over into all of the, you know, the patriarchal structure that we see. I mean, we see it in, you know, all basically the entire male population yeah. um, of, of the effects of misogyny and what that has. on no, I, I see the parallel so much in, in American society. And I think part of the reason why it's so clear is because like, I, I got to see like a, like a really, you know, preserved version of it. And then right. you, rec- I, you recognize so much of the, of the same crap uh, just in, in every, in everyday America. And uh right. It's just, it's just presented yeah. as giant Chevy trucks instead of, you know, fancy mm-hmm. hats and things like that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's why I, I have like a, uh, you know, I, I love, I, I'll call out toxic masculinity and I'll make fun of it all day, but like I, I have sympathy and I think it's important to realize all these, uh, you know, idiot white men to some extent are, are, you know, running around with guns are, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> are, are, uh, are victims. Um, but, um, I don't know. Did I have, have I answered these questions? Well, does it, does this like, I think so. Yeah, okay. I think so. I've got a bunch more, but I know we're I'm, hitting, I know we're hitting about an hour. Um, well, you know what I, w- I was going to say, like, let's do it more. And then it was, it was so exhausting to, it was really, I exhausted myself doing two hours last time. I don't yeah. know how you felt. No, I'd rather let's, yeah, leave, let's just... come back with wanting to come back for more. Absolutely. Yeah. That sounds great. That's awesome. That's awesome. But I really enjoyed this. Um, I'm. I think I'm gonna. I'm gonna go and watch it. Particularly hearing that that the the Mendy or whatever the boy at the end goes and like I thought I thought he like hunts. He was hunting her down. Um, no, no. He has a he has like a cousin with him that sort of has his own storyline, which I just think speaks to like the nature of like another kind of straying for men in the community. Um, but no, it, it's really his, his like rabbi and his mother or, or, you know, his family was like, you need to go get her back. Mm. And, um, but he definitely like, he cared for her, you know, I mean, to, That's good. to, the, extent that, to the extent that this is a story on Netflix. <laughs> so, but, I'm going yeah. to try watching there, it. There's I don't humanity know. in him as well, for sure. That's good. I'm going to try watching it. I don't know if I can, because like the truth is like it, it can, I'm sure, you know, anyone who's experienced different traumas can, can relate, but I mean, like you, like, you know, uh, you see her, like the, the fear that she's experienced, even just watching the trailer and like, you can, you remember like those, because it's, you know, it's true terror. Like when you realize, holy crap, this is all a lie. Like no one's, no one's on my side. I'm all alone. Uh, I need to figure out how to get out of this. Um, uh, it's like you experience some like true sheer terror. Yeah, 
yeah, fear for your, I mean, to an extent, fear for your life because, oh, yeah, very you much. you know, the, the, especially you, women, there's, there, there's like, there are, I, I think I, I've heard and I've seen like there are real threats. There, there are real physical uh, threats. Um, there's real violent threats because it's these communities are, are insular enough that like you, like, you can like the, the, the local authorities are oftentimes bought off. Mm-hmm. Um, like where I went, they own the, the town. Um, mm-hmm. So it's like extra, extra ju- judicial, you know, they have yeah. their own, their own systems of, of punishing people. Um, well then, so I think for the next episode, because we're kind of touching on it now and yeah. my most, what I find most compelling is the strength that you had to step away. Yeah. Um, and so I'd like to, I'd like to follow up with that on our next episode of just sort of talking about like, you know, in that moment of thinking like, this is the end of the world of that moment that you realize that yeah. it was all a sham and you didn't, you know, you just couldn't hold on to it anymore. Like what it was like for you to, um, start making the conscious steps to get yourself out of it. So can we, can we leave it off there and follow let's do it. Up let's there? do it. I'm so excited. Okay. You're such a wonderful interviewer. um and co-host well thank you i'm 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 very curious about this and again like i said i'm quite i'm i'm coming at this with new eyes and so um you know some of this stuff may seem elementary but i think that no honestly just um, like uh, i i think i think a lot of people can relate but just like having someone uh express genuine genuine interest and wanting to like bear witness mm -hmm. to to it um i think is uh, is incredibly, incredibly powerful. Well, thank you. So I appreciate I, it. Yeah. Thank you. And I look forward to discussing this more on our next I love episode. it. Perfect. I'm back soon next week. Yes. <laughs> All right.